welcome back to episode 28 of your swim, favorite swim bait podcast, Scales and Tails. Today I'm joined by a guy, uh, another guy from down south, but a little bit more south than Bo was. I have Mr. Carlton Caddo on tonight, who is uh, from Louisiana. So I'm going to let Carlton introduce himself and we're going to pick his brain about, uh, about what Louisiana has to offer to a swim bait fisherman like himself. Yo, what's up, Adrian? We're glad to be on the go. Yeah, finally. Yeah, so uh, fishing in the south, south Louisiana, man, it's uh, it's a grind. Even with conventional, it's a grind, especially with swim baits. Uh, it changed a lot for me once I got my little rig, you know, the little bass rigger that I kind of made into a kayak because I was too nervous about being in the regular kayak because of my weight. And how clumsy I am all the time, <laughs> but uh, but you know once I got on that bank and uh, seeing like there's a whole nother ball game on the water. Uh, I can't guarantee I'm gonna catch a monster, but I can guarantee I'm gonna get a fish to bite a bait, a big swim bait that day. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Go. You go ahead. Yeah. So so how did you get into swim bait fishing down there? Is it like? a big thing down there or was it kind of more of a pioneering thing for you like oh fuck like i can catch them on a chatterbait like why can't i catch them on a five inch swimmer and then did it kind of go up from there well what happened was uh my brother-in-law who was he, he was a uh, bad, regular you know conventional fisherman uh got me back into fishing I, I fished a long time when i got older you know you start reaching puberty and stuff like that and you start chasing females so kind of bag off fishing and, you know, did that. So once I got married and, you know, couldn't do the things that I used to do, I, you know, I started fishing. So one day my brother-in-law invited me to come fishing with him. And uh, I think I went out there with a Shakespeare combo that I bought from the the local academy. I was like, damn, I was like, I miss this. So like the following week, I went Johnny Morris everything and uh, bought nothing but fishing gear over again. And, uh, just so happened one day I was sitting at the house and I see a guy throwing uh, Savage Gear. The Savage Gear, uh, I forget which one it is, but it's the blue gear with the hook, with the top hook on his head. I mean, with the trouble oh, yeah, on yeah. his head. So it was the first generation. So I went on Tackle Warehouse. I must have bought that. I bought a trout and I bought a bullshad. And, you know, when I bought it, I was like, man, that must be crazy. Like, I spent $130 on three lures, like, that I could potentially lose, you know? <laughs> and uh, we went to this area that he fish a lot, like, in, like, the local tournaments that's, uh, it's real marshy. So, you know, you got cypress trees, muddy water, and you got lilies. So, not the ideal condition, uh, conditions to, you know, throw a, a big swim bait, like, a glide bait or anything like that. That's so all I pulled around one day, he was like, he looked at me and said, the hell you gonna catch with that? <laughs> like, I'm like, dude, they use it all the time in California and uh, all these other places. You're like, well, we in South Louisiana, you ain't catch shit with that. Pick up the, <laughs> pick up the spinner bait. You know, I tried it, and you know, like you said, I didn't catch nothing because I, I, I had zero. I think I got to work one day and I was telling the coworker, hey, look, no, I bought all these big swim baits and I can't use them. I haven't used them, whatever. And I didn't know that he was into it. And he was like, dude, I've been catching fish on big swim baits on him. For a while. And I'm like, you lie. And he proceeds to take all his farm and show me fish at the local park that's just choking a uh, trout hood in clear water. And I'm like, damn. And he was like, yeah, I've been fishing big swim baits for like uh, 
for about five or six years now. Nobody down here use them. And, like, all the local areas get hammered with conventional tassels. And, like, dude, I get bit on them. So, started from right there, and uh, I just started building up more confidence. Even though fishing from the bank in, in Louisiana is, like, so tough because it's pressured. And anything, like, it don't matter what size the fish is, it's going in the five-gallon bucket. <laughs> and, uh, and that what makes it pretty tough fishing down here. Yeah, so that's that's basically what got me in the swim baits. And uh, you know, I got on Universe and I seen there was a whole group of individuals that was into it and started, you know, that 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 bullshit, that fifty dollars bullshit became two hundred dollars, three sixteen giver glide, you know? And it, it got easier. Yeah, so how long ago was that? Was that a couple of years ago? Because I remember, I mean, you've been doing it for just as long as I have, I want to say, like 2018 probably? Yeah, yeah, like 2018, 2018, 2017. And I have lost my fair share of lures, like a lot. So uh, <laughs> just, take, just taking advice from people online telling me, hey, uh, try 20-pound sassin' and do it like that. I get it. Like it works for it works for some people, but for me, it doesn't work because I don't change my life. I get lazy, so I'm not about to, you know, respool two weeks and stuff like that. Yeah, I was about to say I, I don't change my line out too crazy often. I mean, I do probably about every month and a half. I change my line out. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that, that's about where I'm at with it. Like every month and a half, you know, I'll. When I see it starting to get cloudy, because right now I've been using the uh, Izor, the Izor XX, okay, uh, Copilot, and I pretty much use that with everything now. Uh, I use it on conventional and big swim bases. I I haven't had a problem with it yet. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say I've been fishing seventeen pound shit. What is it? Like Suffolk something, not Siege or anything. It's like a it's like a gray gray spool. And I have not had any complaints about it. It fucking casts fine. It uh, it's pretty pretty abrasion resistant for the most part. Like you can probably get thirty casts over some sharp rip wrap before you got to cut it off. And it it rips through re- weeds fine. I haven't broken any baits off or casting anything off. And I I'm not even a huge fan of mono copoly and fluoro and stuff. Like if I could, I'd only ever fish braid. But I kind of switched this year and. Uh, I think I think it's probably helped me catch some more fish than straight braid would have. Yeah, yeah. I remember because I remember uh, you had the picture of you fishing on the dock in like this clear, <laughs> yeah. clear water, and you yeah. were like throwing eighty pound braid. And I'm looking at the bass, <laughs> the bass looking at your bait. I'm like, dude, do they not see the line or they just don't care? And <laughs> yeah, dude. From my experience, don't. like I don't. I said these fucking those fish up at home do not give a shit. Yeah, uh, I agree with you. Yeah, I and so like, are your fish pretty, uh, uh, pretty like full of piss and vinegar? Like, will they eat something, or do you kind of have to present it pretty natural, and and kind of get away with light line and shit for for you to trick them into eating? Dude, I wouldn't say piss and vinegar. These fish are full of bush beer. They don't <laughs> give a damn. <laughs> I, I don't want to this love. I got this little apartment complex that I go to every blue boat, and it's full of these real, real purchase. Uh, they're invasive species down here, but they are the real Grand River in Texas. So 
it's like four ponds or whatever. And these Rios like literally eat everything. They uh, they like terrorize the bluegill. So they have outnumbered the bluegill too. So uh, and the, and the water is crystal clear. So one day I just happened to go over there and I had like eighty pound braid to a unique gill. And I was like, man, let me see if I can get these fish to eat that. Dude, and I was in, not creeping again, but I was like medium retreat almost to where it's under the surface waking. And they was uh-huh. hammering it on 80 pound braid. I'm talking about, I can see the braid clear as day, but they didn't care. They seen a bluegill and they was just keen in on that bluegill. Because like I say, it's nothing but rios there. And the rios are massive compared to the bluegill. So what I'm thinking is the rios are eating all the bluegill from. And so when the bass get an opportunity to blue bluegill, he's just like, he's on it, like right then and there. Yeah. So, cool. fuck, dude, that's that's crazy. I I we have fish like that, but it's not like as soon as it hits the water type shit. Like you're probably three quarters of the way into your into your retrieve by the time one will chase it down and actually eat it. They. It, I don't know. They they follow shit up here for a while before they actually decide they're going to eat something. Well, down here, uh, I have a little lake I go to a, like an hour away from the house. It's uh, in Mississippi. And uh, I've been fishing that lake. I I watched the video with Mike Gilbert and uh, I want to say Godfrey or whatever, and they was talking about before you give up on the lake, you actually need to fish that lake religiously for a year. And this is what I'm doing. Like, I'm taking a break from it. But I've been fishing. Every chance I get, I go out and fish this lake. And what I have figured out that if you look at this lake, you would think that you, when you pull in, you launch your boat, you have your, your riprap on the side right there. You know, you think early in the morning time that those fish would be right there, you know, schooling bait. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I have made... 20 trips to this lake this year and I have only all uh, the fishing that rip wrap all the times I go because I always hit it. I never say I'm not going to hit it because I always hit it because the possibility of a fish being there. Right. I have hooked up with I have hooked up with two fish there. One on a rack. Uh, that's uh, recently was the little swim bait uh, chocolate swim bait rack. Chocolate and I went bait, over yeah. there with the yeah and and I went over there the time before with the bullshad dredger. Now, where the that, the spot I went to, they had is a uh, I want to say it's a drain or something for the the lake because it it has a a dam, so they have a drain right there. And uh, I threw the dredger over there and I cranked it probably like three cranks down, and dude, the bass hit it immediately. But I'm still not used to this uh, deep cranking with swim baits. So uh bass hit it immediately, I lost it. So I second trip go back, nothing, 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 nothing. So I started feeling like this, this lake is look it looks so good, bro, you would think. And you take the river up all the way down, you got some uh you got a ledge right there. Well you would think there's fish sitting on a ledge and you'll look on your mouth and you'll see you'll see fish down there, bait fish down there, but the bass are just not there. And I, after you get from that ledge area, they got a marsh area that's real shallow. And you would think it's nothing but bluegill in there. The pads is nothing right there. Like zero anything. It's just water and pads. Now you go to the north end of the lake, 
where it, once again it looks like a marsh area. You got your lilies, you got your pads. As soon as you get behind those pads, oh my god, it, it lights up. You can see shad schooling because when you get in there, uh, you go in the mouth of it, you hang a left, and when that wind comes across the levee and start blowing, it starts schooling. It's uh, it pushes the water in the creek, and right there on that creek. Once you come out the left, you you go right in the creek or whatever. So it makes a little point right there. And on that point where that wind hit that point, the shad will just be schooling down there. And it's like eight feet deep. And you just see nothing but bait fish down there. And you see shad flickering. And dude, I'm the, uh, the last time I went, I stayed in that area. I missed two on the uh, Cracker Down the DRT Tiny Clash. Uh, I was using a white one. So I, I caught one on a white one, and I missed one on a white one. I switched the color up, and I went with the chartreuse, a chartreuse tiny class blue, uh, blue bat. You know, the, uh, you know that's a crankbait color. Like, everybody use that when you crankbait fishing. Yeah. And, and, you know, first cast out there, fish. I look at the fish. He grabs it and spit it out. He didn't even catch the hooks. Like, I'm looking at him like, dude, like, are you serious? Like, he grabs it and, and, and just spit it out. And so I throw back in there, and I catch this little deep. I'm like, dude, it's crazy that these fish don't care what color you are throwing, just long as it's a bait fish passing that point. Like, they don't even care about the color. Because they were just eating <laughs> the white one, and I threw a chartreuse and blue black. Yeah. Um, this, there's some spots here, like, for those river smallmouth, if you rip it past like current, so if, like uh, the dam right by the apartment, the uh, the water that's flowing, if you cast into that water and rip it out right into that slack water, dude, those fish literally just sit there. And as soon as they see something that's smaller than them pop out of that water, they're fucking on that like ugly on an ant, dude. They they swarm to that shit. You're not always gonna hook them like you were saying, but they're gonna try to eat the piss out of whatever comes through there. Like they're just taking the opportunity that. There's something in front of them. They're gonna fucking eat it. Yeah, I, I love that type of fishing. It's, it's that's uh, probably fun. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100. percent Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, Adrian. My bad. I, my bad at cutting. When, when we start start talking about fishing, I just like talking about fishing. My bad. No, dude, dude, you're good. You're good. You're fine. Um. So what what's it like fishing down there? I guess at the beginning of the year, so New Year rolls around. Do you even really try to go out in the winter time? I mean, you have a you have a bass raider now, so it's probably a little bit easier for you to go out there if you want to and catch fish. Or is it like winter time? Pretty much the fishing shuts down more or less. Dude, I fish all year round. All winter don't start till January, and we only have it for a month. So like in December, uh. Crazy, I'll tell you how crazy the weather is down here. December last year, uh, you know, I the same lake I'm telling you about, I yeah. had been going religiously. So it was like, it had to be like December 6th. And we had two weeks of warm weather. And I said, because I had a buddy who was fishing down in the marsh and he was catching bass. and But he was keeping. So I said, dude, you, I said, those fish are fat. And he was like, dude, everyone I cut open is full of eggs. I said, you fuck? serious? He was like, he was like, yeah. He was like, dude, these fish are getting ready to spawn. So I said, all right. We had two weeks of warm weather. I said, if, those, if the fish like them, because the marsh is only an hour away from the lake that I'm fishing. 
So I said, the fish are like that in the marsh, then they should be on shallow over here. So, dude, I, I go to the lake. I, first of all, I go on the, the wildlife and fishery website to see what they was catching there and what they was catching them on. So the first thing that I read was like, uh, well, go back in the creek and throw soft plastic. I say, okay. All right. So I get to the lake. I pass the, I fish the riprap. I, uh, I think I caught a pickerel on a, uh, the working class zero tiny class. So, you know, caught the pickerel when, uh, they got these canes. Caught the pickerel and left and, uh, made my way on the left side of the lake where they had these cane, uh, uh, cattails, cattails. And, uh, the cattails was green, you know, like, the, look like, you know, it should hold fish there. So I pitched, right, yeah. uh, I pitched the unique, yeah, the unique gill. I mean, not a unique gill, the unique scout, uh, the crappy color. I pitched it into the reeves and, you know, I, I was slow retrieving it, letting it fall, let it flow, and, you know, just giving it a little bounce. And when I let it fail the second time, I just felt my line get slack. And, the, you know, the slack started coming towards me, so I reeled up the slack, set the hook. Like a five-and-a-half-pound fish in a foot-and-a-half of water. And when I took yeah. it out of the water, I put it on the, on the bump board. It was like 21 inches, and I'm looking at the belly. I'm like, this fish is about to spawn. That's, that's the only way I can see that fish. Now, I have been in that same spot all summer, all spring. Haven't caught a fish right there. Well, I'm lying. When I went during the spring, I did catch a fish right there. But all summer, haven't caught a fish right there. So the only thing I can say was, like, in December, these fish was getting ready to spawn. And I went back in the creek, and I, I missed a, a nice offer in the creek fishing a unique uh, scout. And I caught a couple pickerel. But, dude, it's like fishing down here is nonstop. And the only thing I like about it, because everybody go full-fledged hunting mode. Uh, rods up. Uh, what they say? Rods, guns up, rods down. That, that <laughs> like, I'm, I'm happy because I'm in my little radar. I don't have to worry about no jackass coming out there doing 85 miles an hour on an 80-acre lake. Like he's going, I mean, you know? So I'll be happy. I fish all year round. uh, Yeah. So it kind of sets up like that. Moving into like summer after, I guess, post-spawn, is it kind of get a little bit harder? Those fish push back deeper? And is that when you kind of have to take take out the bass raider and stuff? Yeah. Well, lately since I've been having the bass raider, I I use it all the time. Like I go fish from the bank. Uh. If I go to my parents' house or something like that, I go fish from the bank, but I usually just bring a band freighter. But this summer is my first summer fishing, like offshore fishing, learning how offshore. And I have lost quite a few fish deep cranking. Uh, I recently lost a nice one. Like, it didn't catch on camera. But, dude, I've I seen this, this fish is like a spawned out seven on the, uh, what, the trashy bands, uh, dad, uh, dad, 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 bod. Bod. The, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Dusty, Dusty Jackson, uh, you know, we was talking, and he let me borrow one, and just so happened he told him I could have it. So I appreciate that, Dustin. Good, you know, that good dude. And uh, the dude, I took it out to that lake, and like I literally lost a fish in that same spot, deep cranking a dredger. Now this area is a cliff, is is a point, but it has a drop off that drops down to twelve feet. All right, soon as I get the cranker. 
And I'm going to start doing it with the dredger because that was the first time I lost one. So I get to cranking the dredger. I'm like, start swimming to the side. So I'm like, okay, probably got a leaf on there. So as I, you know, get it closer, I see my line, my rod load up. And I'm like, oh, shit, it's a fish. So I didn't set the hook. I just started reeling because I thought that, you know, I'm so used to fishing with glide baits, I thought the fish was already pinned. And dude, yeah. as soon as he come out, as soon as he comes up out the water, he just throws it like, I'm like, oh, are you serious? Like, I literally, like, I, I leaned into it when I felt <laughs> the fish. I leaned into it like you were crankbait fish. And, you know, of course, everybody on Universe are swimbait experts. Oh, you didn't set the hook. Well, I got a fucking bait with a, uh, that's meant to dive 18 feet. I'm thinking it's <laughs> trash on it because it's swimming sideways. I'm trying to get it back to the boat so I can clean the trash on there and throw it back out there. Man, you need to learn how to set the hook. Like, Damn, dude, like, if I felt the fish, like, I would have set the hook, but I didn't, clearly I didn't feel nothing. And the <laughs> same thing happened with the tracking badge. Like, throw out there, felt a tick. I got it, I felt a tick on that one. Swung a little bit, but I didn't swing as hard as I should, you know? And, dude, like, I watched this fish come out in front of my boat. This fish had to be, like, a find out seven-pounder, like, summer, summertime body, long. I'm talking about just as pretty as, a, pretty as day. And, dude, I'm like, are oh, you serious? Like, I got to that point, and I knew I was going to connect with a fish. I didn't know when, but I just knew I was going to connect with a fish. Right. And, man, I'm like, and I finally connect with that fish. I'm like, I've been living for this fish before. I blew it 10 seconds. And after that, dude, it just took all the fight out of me. I just, I went to the ramp, loaded up, and went home. I'm like, I'm done. Like, Yeah, dude, that's fucking I, brutal. Yeah, dude, that that um, that deep cracking swim baits in the summertime, like, I'd be happy when it's something over with, but dude, this shit is like, it's a whole other learning curve. I don't care what nobody say. It's different when you lose a line of scope because you can see the bite coming. But when you just, you know, just regular cranking and, you know, you just, you're so used to, when I crank, I fish, you know, shallow. Not used to fishing deep like that. So it's a whole nother right. ball game. So when, you know, if I'm cranking, uh, like the PG, I feel the tip and I set the hook immediately because I'm only cranking like three, four feet of water. So it's, it's just different. It's completely different. Uh. But yeah, dude, so many people gave me shit about that. I'm like, man, at least I'm out here putting forward the effort to learn it. Half of y'all just behind the keyboard looking for which bait y'all can buy next. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's uh it's always a challenge, like switching over, like especially like crankdowns and stuff. Like obviously you set the hook, but it's more kind of a sweeping action compared to those like the glide bait where you actually kind of lean into them a little bit. And it's it's a challenge to switch back and forth, especially I remember I lost a couple of fish when I first got my uh, hater because I was just used to fucking jacking the hook. And then I realized like, oh, that's that's not really what you do in this scenario, because that bait is moving so fast forward. Like it, when you set the hook, you're pulling it right out of their mouth. You kind of got to sweep into it a little bit. It's a learning curve for sure. And and of course, there's always going to be people who who are because because you have it on gopro they're gonna be like oh you did this wrong and it's like okay dude whatever i don't care <laughs> right dude and i'm coming from the world coming from conventional fishing where 
you know, you you pretty much have everything set up. All right, you got your chatter. If you know you're gonna throw uh, crankbaits, you're gonna you're gonna go with a six to one rod, six to anywhere between six and on on down between five, you know, six to five ratio. You're gonna use a glass rod because I'm cranking shallow cranking. I want a glass rod on like twelve pound. So yeah. when that fish bites that crankbait, that rod automatically loads up. So all you have to do is just lean into it. And that's where I'm coming from with cranking. I'm just like, I'm not setting the hook because in crankbait fishing, all I had to do was lean into it. But with these swim baits, you really have to, I see you really have to jack them when you're deep cranking. Like, but dude, it's like, you never know when that bite is coming. That's the crazy part. You know, with a glide, you can kind of see them like they come from under. They just, you, you, you see the bite. You see it coming. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it. Uh, I don't know. There's always a learning curve involved with a lot of the shit, like going from like fishing a glide bait to a wake bait and stuff. And people, people will try to tear you a new one, like, "Oh, you, you're doing it wrong." And it's like, "Listen, dude, like this is the first fucking time I've ever fished this style of bait. Like, uh, you cut me some fucking slack, more or less." Right, right, and uh, dude, it, it's crazy. It, it really is. Like it. But but I'm glad like this year like it's been real real it's been real successful for me and I'm happy because it's finally paying off. It was a time where I was just like you know I didn't think like you know fishing from the just you know fishing before they from the bank to the boat would make a big difference, but it made a big difference. Uh, I, like uh, when did it have to be like March? March I had this little coworker and a uh, little skinny guy, little white dude. I say, man, look, I say, I got this little spot. I say, dude, like, they love Abandoned 100. I'm like, if you, if you want to say, I'm going to go. He's like, what's a PG? I say, like, it's a simple game. Everybody got in there from uh, the East Coast or whatnot. And he was like, okay, I, I, I want to see you catch one on there. How, how, dude, <laughs> you can't make me believe a fish would eat that. Dude, we went out there. I think I caught, like, four fish that day, but all of them was quality fish. And he caught, like, seven, uh, Seven, one, one and a half, two pounders doing a band of 100. By the time <laughs> we got ready to leave, we made our way around the whole little lake or whatever. He said, hey, you got any more swim baits? And I was like, yeah, I got this little Matt Lewis hard gear. I said, dude, I said, you can throw this on that regular, uh, this regular stick that you got right there. I said, fish it like you'll fish a jackhammer because it thumps just like a jackhammer. I said, uh, just don't throw it in cover, nothing like that. I say, but it thumps. It's going to draw fish out, and they're going to eat it. And, uh, I think on my third fish, he looked at me. He, he looked. He, he said, damn, again? I'm like, yeah, dude. I said, I told you. Like, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm telling you, like, this is what they made for. And, you know, down here, it's not really so much of of size. Like, everybody think, oh, you said, Louis, they got big fish. Well, dude, like, they, the big fish days down here in the south of Louisiana is over with. They, the, the the thing is they eat everything. So uh I think I talked to a guy, little guy, he he he's a little younger than me, but he has been fishing way longer than me. And uh they, he been fishing since like he was like four years old. That dude said he just caught an eight pound bass out of public water two years ago. He twenty six. So yeah, that lets you know how bad it is. Huh. So in order for you to catch a decent-sized fish, you have to go to North Louisiana. I wouldn't say, like, they are more protective, but 
the people themselves, they, they, they remind me of the people from Texas. They, they, they protect their fish. So they don't believe in keeping big fish. They put them back. So, uh, like, all the reservoirs and stuff like that, they, they, I mean, they hold big fish in North Louisiana. But South Louisiana, that's why, I like, if you catch a five, six, seven, eight, all the public water down here, you you know, you're doing pretty good. Cause it, it, and that's another reason why I go to the Lake in Mississippi, because they slot limit over there. You can't keep nothing over 16 inches. Really? And, right. You know, no, you can't keep nothing over 16 inches. You can keep Damn. them out the 20. You can keep them out the 22, but all the people over there, they are pretty much like North Louisiana. They believe in protecting their fish. So if they keep some, they catch some over 22, they putting it back. So, and oh, you know, a lot of people in Louisiana come there and they get mad because. They done caught eight bass and all of them like 17, 18 inches. They can't keep them. I'm like, dude, you should have read the rules before you came here. Like, I, I got a buddy right now in Texas who would tell you right now. Boy, he, he don't like to see nobody in Louisiana Lake coming to Louisiana Lake and play coming to say I'm Ray Bird. He said, all y'all do is eat all the fish. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, dude, that's crazy. Yeah. That's actually a, a dope ass law. So you can only keep them under sixteen, and then up until twenty two, twenty two and over, you can keep them. And I mean, honestly, if we're being realistic, somebody fishing a night crawler isn't gonna catch a twenty two inch fish. I mean, there's there's fucking crazy shit that happens, and I'm sure there that's been that's been done before. But you have a lot less guys who are who are gonna keep a keep a fish that big because those fish usually are a little bit more smarter and you have to be targeting a fish of that caliber to, to catch one like that. Yeah. yeah I agree with you hundred percent, especially Florida stream. They get after a couple of good stingings, they get pretty smart and get pretty hip. And, uh, I, I think me and Evan was talking about this a couple of days ago, like, especially pond fishing. Like I literally burnt the ponds out in my subdivision with big swim bait. Now during the springtime, if I go back there with a bluegill crank down, yeah, I can catch them because they'd be real aggressive. But during the summer, fall, hmm, I just go back there and throw a chatterbait or a crane bait or something. Because these fish, you know, they had been it a couple of times. They know, like, I'm not biting that again. I'm not hanging out at this spot no more because every time I hang out at this spot, this dude come in with this realistic <laughs> fish, and I'm thinking, you know? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because I watch people on the phone all the time giving people shit about people who fish ponds. Okay, where you fish? Where you pull an eight out there? Eight is still eight, you know. Like not everybody had a luxury of having an eight at seventy thousand dollar boat. Yeah, I was about to say it's. I mean, it's it's the same exact thing. The pond versus lake thing is exactly the same thing. Is X Y Z bait maker compared to this bait maker? Like, oh, you fish, or even rods? Like, you fish this rod, or you fish that rod? Like, oh, you're a bastard, and it's like, oh, you fish a pond? Well, that that it doesn't count it's like i mean still got to trick the fish into eating i mean i don't know man it's it's fucking weird i've said it about every episode now the swim bait world's fucking weird dude it is and you know some of us you know we we, we know it's weird and we ain't afraid to say hey it's weird but then there's some people who are afraid to say it and then we'll get backlash for it because we call them all on their bullshit but it is like people get into swim bait for the wrong reason like no swim baits are designed to catch trophy fish, but I also like the fact that hey, 
this fucking four pounder just ate this six inch bait, you know? Yeah, for so sure. I, I mean, if I if I go out and I catch a big fish, I'm happy. And if I don't, and I catch a couple of deeps, I'm still happy because I just enjoy fishing. I don't, you know, like I'm not about to go out there and and spaz out like, why the hell I ain't catching this double digit? Why ain't catching eight? Then it's not fun no more. It's it's not fun. Now nah, it's just like I might as well go to work now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> But and at that uh, point, I'm, I'm, yeah. But yeah, dude, like it's, I don't know, it's so fucking weird that there's, obviously there's a cult following to it, but there's also, like, like people people try to help hold everybody else to a higher standard, like like we just said, like oh you fish a pond, like you're a bastard because that doesn't count, and it's like dude, I'm out here doing the same exact thing you are, but like you said, I'm not on a eighty thousand dollar bass boat. I'm, I still have to trick these fish into eating. Like there's, there's no difference to it. And like you said, I think pond fish kind of, they, they get a heads up on what the fuck's going on. When you only have to swim around a five anchor acre pond, I, I'm pretty sure you get a good idea of what's, what's like local forage to you. And so if you see a, a 13 inch trout glide bait go past you and you've never seen a trout in your life, you're going to be <laughs> like, what the fuck? Like that's kind of fucked up compared to uh, a 50,000, uh, acre lake and you're kind of i feel like those fish are maybe a little bit more curious because there's so much undiscoverable shit out there for them right dude it, i i got a lake well not a lake a pond uh, uh it's a private pond this guy has this big time lawyer down there in new Orleans. so it's a camp basically and uh he, he give a permission to fish every blue moon. Like, we're asking, like, we try not to burn it out because it's so much fun fishing there. But, dude, like, the crazy shit, but I, I would not get in a tournament because of these reasons. Uh, like, the Lenciati tournament. Like, if I was a shitty person and I really wanted the Lenciati that bad, I could have went to that pond and caught, like, a shit ton of fish and, you know, and just say, hey, look, I caught all these fish out of public water. Dude, like, only thing, all they have in this pond is bluegill. No shad, no nothing. And these bands were like, like, dude, we do every bluegill bait that we had in Boston, and every last one of them got bit. I'm talking about you had to really set the hook on these fish because their mouths were like that hard. I don't know if their mouths come get that hard from eating bluegill because how tough they are, but dude, like, quads, like, usually if I throw my Ulysses out anywhere else, like, quads, I just lean into it. Like, I don't have to fucking jerk the hook, but these fish, I had to set the hook because every time they would bite, they would come off as soon as they break the surface. And uh, the guy was telling me, like, yeah, these fish have hard mouths. I forgot what strand they are, but they are, they're pretty hard. And <laughs> once he told me that, I started, you know, setting the hook and I would start landing more fish. But it, it was crazy because every fish that I caught, it was nothing under 19 pounds, 19 inches. Air fish were like between uh, 19 to 22, 23 inches. And I'm like, and I told my, you know, to an partner, like, dude, this could have easily won a tournament, you know? But I ain't that, like, I got an SCI that got me eight or five, eight, nine, ten of them. That was the one I got. My guy gave it to me for retail, so I appreciate that. And, uh, dude, like, it, it, these online swim bait tournaments, I mean, it's totally off the surface, but. I figure since we're here, we'll touch it. Like, dude, they're so <laughs> easy to cheat. Like, anybody could cheat these. 
You know, like until they do a cast to catch, like make a cast to catch only. I I just I just don't see me putting my money into it, or, you know, ever fishing one because like, dude, it, it's just that easy. Like, it ain't nothing for yeah. you to go out there with a drop shot and catch a fish and say, "Oh, well, I caught it on this hill bait." How do you know that? Well, or there's thinking- some there's some tournaments. Uh, the pat the pats tournament is conventional and swim baits, whereas the piz and bull shad ones are only swim baits, and that's like it gets real sketchy, dude, because a guy will hold up a fish. And he'll post it in the Pats page, and he'll say, uh, he'll say like four different code words for four different tournaments. And I'm like, did you catch that on conventional and claim it on a swim bait so it could be legal for all these other tournaments? But I don't know. Like Brian Speller says, he's like, if you're fishing a $300 bait, like you can you can afford a $100 action camera on your chest. Uh, you can set your fucking phone up. I mean, they make phone chest mounts for iPhones now. Like. There, there needs to be a higher standard in cast to catch, so there's no bullshittery going on. Because like, like those piz and bullshit or piz and uh, pads tournaments, like those, those are very sought after baits that that just straight up, like, in all honesty, have a lot of hype into them, and that would definitely drive somebody into 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 doing some funny shit if they can win one for like forty bucks to enter in the tournament. And it's you would think with all that at stake, like. There'd be guys who are like, yeah, we need to do cast to catch because uh, there's just a chance that these guys fucking cheat their way into a bait. And uh, I think like you can only win one a year or like one every six months. So, I mean, fuck, if you're a bad person and you win two pizzas in a year and you fucking turn around and flip them, like you just made yourself two, six, two grand. Dollars. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you make yourself yeah. a stupid amount of money for going out and catching them on a drop shot. Like, cast to catch needs to be accepted and and like a like a requirement for these tournaments it's just it's just weird shit man i don't know why it isn't i guess maybe because the stigma of like you don't need super expensive stuff to fish in some of them but like fuck i don't know dude it's it's weird it's it's an odd thing my thing is if i'm throwing these high-end baits as fish like my, I all whenever I go to work, whenever I come back to work, everybody asks me, "Have you been? Did you go fishing the last two days?" You know, yeah. Here's a video of this fish eating this big swim bait. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> who don't want to watch that? Who wouldn't want to watch that? That's that's my thing. Like, are, are you that good at swim bait? To where you encounter so many swim bait fish to like, you don't want to see that shit. Like, I don't give a. I think I can swim bait fish for twenty years and. I would want to watch it over and over again. It don't matter if I catch a dink and throw it right back. Like, I want to watch that fish eat that big bait. And I'm I'm looking at the comments on Brian, you know, like everybody giving excuses, excuses. Wild wave fish. Okay, it's guys on this YouTuber that literally put their uh, camera on their head. So, what's the problem? I don't see a Well, I, I, I can only fish at night. Okay, well, I can say I only fish at night too. I'm going out at night and throw a chatter bait. My buzz bait all night. <laughs> then when I get ready to take my pitch, I'm gonna say, "Hey, I caught it on this rat right here." You don't know, but who 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 knows? Like you know, like that's that's the thing that bothers me. Like, and nobody in the swim bait community has only one swim bait. Uh, if you only have swim bait, then cool. I don't understand why you can't afford to go. But <laughs> yeah. let's just be real. Everybody owns like 10, 12, 20 swim bait. So a two hundred dollar GoPro. Even if you don't want to buy a $200 GoPro, I didn't bought, like, 
before I dropped my nuts and decided to buy a GoPro, I had four Acoustas that was like a hundred dollars a piece, and I think the last two were really decent action cameras. And I and I think uh, at four K, all of those cameras, I was getting like an hour battery. So I'm like, the excuses are bullshit. And I feel like the people who giving the excuses are the people that are cheating these tournaments. You know what I'm saying? Like, the excuses are bullshit. I'm sorry. Like, I, I, I can't accept them excuses. And I ain't nobody, no. but I'm just telling you, I'm, I, I stand on mine, so. Yeah, it's like, yeah, there's just something to be said. Like, you're, you have an opportunity to win off uh, $200, $300 retail bait, and obviously secondhand, it can go for a lot more. Uh, you should have a GoPro recording, not only to like to prove it, but like like you said, it's fun to go back and watch those videos. Like go back and and watch your rod tip fucking load up, and then you're like, oh shit, that's a fish. And it's, it, I don't know, it's it's a double edged sword. Like you need it to to prove that you didn't cheat, and then it's a tool to use. Like how many times do you go back and do you watch the GoPro footage, and you're like, oh shit, I was working that bait this way, or I set the hook to the right and I maybe I would have landed that fish if I swept to the left instead or anything else. It, it's you use it to study yourself, but in those online tournaments, it's it's your fucking ticket to show that you didn't cheat. Right. And you actually deserve this bait because you're not that worth your ass on. Yeah, exactly. And that's like some of them, I think all of them have like the no sandbag rules. So like when you catch a fish, you ideally post it the same day. And that was something that he did that everybody at first, everybody's like, oh, you sandbagged uh, for anybody who doesn't know. There's a guy who got caught cheating in a tournament. He uh, he caught a fish, five pound even very distinctive fish, like in the fins. It was a pretty, pretty beat up fish. So he caught this fish and then he apparently uh, the person who recorded the video said that the video wasn't good enough. So he he took his shirt off or put his shirt on. Uh, took his trolling motor remote battery or remote off his neck and everything and turned the boat around and took another video, the same exact fish. And they both got posted up on this form and said, fish one, fish two, and then he caught another one. And at first, everybody's, it was like the last couple hours of the tournament, I think, and everybody's like, oh, you sandbagged. Like, it's not necessarily cheating, but it's kind of a dick thing. And then somebody was like, that's the same fish. <laughs> like, I mean, it's not uncommon to catch two fish, like five pounds even, but it's also not crazy common, I guess. Uh, and then people looked and they realized it was the same exact fish. And the and people were like, dude, like this is the same fucking fish. And he's like, no, man, they ha they have him and his wife uh, or partner have a joint Facebook page. And he's like, she just uploaded the wrong or she uploaded the wrong videos or something. And so his claim was that um he <laughs> that she posted the wrong videos and he just did it because he thought the one video didn't count and everything and uh i don't know it's just fucked up if you would have had a gopro it would have never fucking happened but but you know i see people giving the guy shit i, I like the guy you know what i'm saying but we all have cheated somewhere in life so let's not just you know crucify him for cheating you know whatever he, yeah, he, he human, like you know, shit. I cheat all the time at work. I take shortcuts. <laughs> I break the speed limit, so that make me a bad person. Like, hey, you know, it's a tournament. Like, you know what you're getting into. Like, people cheaters exist. So, 
just because you know a guy from the internet don't mean he's you know he won't cheat you, bait or something like that. But I try not to put my you know there's some people on the internet you can trust that's really good people, but it's just some of them you know like they are who they are and and that's it you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like you that, said, that, it ha- happens to everybody. His just so happened to be in a very uh, niche group, and everybody knew who he was. And honestly, in the swim bait world, if you don't know, if you fuck up, there's going to be a dog pile on you. Everybody and their brother is going to jump to your side, not in a good way, and they're going to be like, oh, you fucked up. Like, you shouldn't have done this. And it, that's always how it is, and I think that's always how it's going to be, too. When you're When you're in the wrong or majority of the group thinks you're in the wrong, you're going to get backlash from it for a while. Yeah. It's almost like back when, back when Jesus was on the cross. <laughs> yeah, yeah, more or less. <laughs> Fuck. Let's stone this guy to death. <laughs> Is he dead yet? <laughs> no, he's still <laughs> breathing. Kick him. <laughs> Oh fuck! So, uh, yeah. so what kind of what kind of rods and what what are your go to baits down there in Louisiana? When you kind of got off on a tangent, there we'll we'll bring it back to the whole Louisiana fishing experience. Uh, lately, uh, well, I use Leviathan pretty much everything. Not because it's better than the next or anything like that. It's because I like it. Uh, I like the business. I, I talk to the the guys a lot. You know, we got a good relationship. Uh, I, I just like the product. I like their service, you know? Like, uh, I, I understand that they, uh, I have both a couple fish with it, and, you know? And uh, I haven't had any problems. You know, you can get that. But uh, I pretty much use a I've been thinking about using another brand. I just haven't, uh, just to try out, you know. I just haven't right, really yeah. moved yet. But uh, if I do, it's probably gonna be. Uh, I look at the L five uh, concealed package, the the the, uh, the travel whatever they have. Okay. Yeah, you have the concealed carry or whatever. Yeah, I was thinking about using one, trying one of them out. Uh, and I was almost needing the mega bass, but I don't think I want to go that mainstream. So uh, right now, it's just Leviathan. And uh, I usually run uh, Corrado's, 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 Corrado's. Oh, shit. You cut out. Reels. Oh, there you oh. are. So you, you said you run Corrado's, you said? Yeah, 200 and 300 uh, size reels. And uh, my, my go-to bait, like, dude, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I have everything in the truck. But lately during the summertime, it's been crankdowns. Like, not bluegills, but shad patterns. I'm probably going to use a bluegill tomorrow because the area that I'm fishing is full of bluegills, especially on the riprap. And, uh, yeah, so right now it's been cranked on during the summer. Probably when the winter get here, I'll switch back over the glides. But yeah, that's usually like bluegill crankdowns during the spring and summertime has been shag crankdowns. Uh, I, I actually started wake bait fishing. I was always. I always avoided wake baits because I had zero confidence <laughs> in them. And I could not get bit on an elusive rat to save my life. Like, I don't care. Like, let me let me rephrase that. I would get bit <laughs> on a loose rat. 
but it would be by Bowfin. Oh, fucking hell. I think y'all call them dogfish. Yeah, yeah, same thing, though, but yeah. Dude, and that's it, like a bass wouldn't touch it, but a bowfin? Oh, my God. Oh, you get ready for the fight of your life. Dude, those fish are so fucking slept on, and when they fucking hit, it's a ton of bricks, and they just fucking thrash. The only bad thing is, is like, nine times out of ten, you gotta replace your hooks after, because they got that hard-ass, bony mouth, and they just fucking yep. eat the shit out of those hooks. Dude, like, you, you're right. Those fish are definitely slept on. Like, if, if any opportunity presents itself for me to catch one on a swim bait, I pitch to it. Like, I don't care. Like, I want to... Dude, those fish fight so hard, they just be dogging the whole time. Like, I don't I don't care. I love catching both fish. But, uh, yeah, yeah so, what you got? Oh, I was just about to say, yeah, they're such a fun fish. Like, fishing them on a soft bait, if you cast to them and, like, fucking jump it right in front of them and you you get those back fins start flaring and you see their fucking gills start to open up and they just fucking yep. suck that thing in and you just reel into them and oh my gosh you can put your whole ass both ass cheeks into that hook set and that thing won't fucking move that thing will just fucking turn around and start flailing like a motherfucker and it is so much fun <laughs> dude they are like oh man those little shit for fun <laughs> but uh, I, dude, I know people like they they just uh they really despise them. I'm like, I just enjoy fishing, bro. I don't care if a bullfin bullfin bite it or a bass bite. I just as long as I'm out there on the water and I'm catching, I'm happy. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. how it is here. Like pike, uh, you got you said you have pickerel, and it's more or less the same thing. Pike get a little bit bigger, and guys really shit on those fish. And it's understandable when they're smaller, but when they get up past like 25 inches and they get some meat on their bones and, and they actually fight, like those fish are a lot of fun. It's similar to a dogfish the way it fights, but it's a lot more just fucking, uh, they just squirm a lot more and it's a lot of fun until you got to get your hooks out of their face. Cause they got those fucking sharp ass teeth and, right. and whereas a dogfish, you can really get your fingers into the gill plate and hold them those pike. I get real fucking scared because those teeth are right there by your fingers. <laughs> dude, it's, uh, it's almost like, uh, dude, uh, like, what's his name? Alex, Alex, uh, how you say his last name? A Alec uh, Weaker, I think Alec he, Weaker with the musky. Yeah, Weaker. Dude, he, like, yeah, that time of year when he just catch, like, musky and musky, I'd be like, this motherfucker's got amazing shit. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that, dude, that's, dude, that's like one, that, that's a bucket list fish for me, like, Dude, he catch them and they be like, look like they about forty inches, thirty inches, somewhere around that ball. You know, I, I watch them on YouTube, and you know, I, I I know people hate the. I still watch John B. I like John B. And I watched John B. go to this lake, and he was like, "Yeah, this is the fish of a cast." And I think like his third cast, he catch a fucking okay, tiger muskie. I'm like, <laughs> like I fish him a thousand cast, right? And then here. And then here goes, you get on Universe, and here goes Alex with, like, one every week. Yeah, <laughs> or dude. twice when a he's week. On him, yeah, when he's on him, he'll post, like, three fish a week. And the reason he hasn't posted any lately is because uh, he was telling me when it gets hot like this, it's, like, hell on those fish to fucking fight. Like, there's there's a good chance that fish is going to fucking die, especially fighting on, like, swim bait gear and stuff and just, like, fucking reeling them in. And so he said, like, between June and, and probably around September, he, he just doesn't fish for him because he doesn't 
you obviously don't want to fucking kill a 50 inch musky like that but that's why like in the fall and the spring or yeah in the fall and the spring he's posting like all those fish because he literally just goes out there to catch musky before it gets hot and that's kind of when he starts to target bass and and smallmouth and shit he was telling me yeah dude like uh yeah conservative like that too about fish like if i had to keep a big fish like i'm pissed because like i i feel like that fish them beat the odds and you know he deserved to live you know like but far as like the one and two like my daddy eat them so you know i go out there and catch him some more conventional tackle but when it comes to big fish i'm like real conservative even if it's a garfish like i don't eat garfish so if i catch one and you know like they sometimes they beat themselves up and you can look at them and look at the scales and just see like you know like the little red spot from you know blood whatever and i'll be like man let me really get this fish back in the water because you know i don't want them to die like this fish is like fucking 35 inches like especially alligator guard like alligator guard they are old when they get like four or five feet and, uh, yeah, I just try to do my best cool. to keep them alive. Yeah, it uh, it's there's something to be said about guys who who go out and catch big fish, but there's also something to be said about guys who who go out and and have the fish, um, like that care about the fish. Like anybody can go out and catch a big fish, but like catching a big fish and and caring for it, putting it back in the water before you take pictures and shit, like being really conservative with it, like. I'll be honest, there's some times where not necessarily I've I've uh, I've pushed a fish to the limits, but I've held it out of the water probably longer than I should have, like setting up the camera and everything. But also those fish have always swam away. Like I have I've never had a bass fucking roll upside down when I go to let it go. And right. I, I would say that's probably pretty true with a lot of guys who fish swim baits. Everybody everybody really cherishes the fish relative to those guys who are fishing like uh weightless senkos and shit and those bass literally fucking suck the suck the bait down their gullet and by the time they're reeling them in they're they're bleeding out of their gills and shit and they're trying to rip the hook out instead of cutting their line and stuff that's like where swim baits are kind of handy is you don't necessarily have to worry about killing a fish like that like obviously they can strike it and get it into their gills if you throw them back in the water they're going to swim away whereas some of those conventional guys are just fucking ripping (laughs) ripping soft baits out of the fish's asshole more or less okay so this spring was my first, like, you you know, people are post a picture, like, with this fish choking this hard bait, and I'm like, dude, I ain't never had a fucking fish to choke a hard bait. Like, y'all sure y'all ain't just putting that fucking bait in that fish mouth? You know, like, <laughs> but uh, I was fishing a tiny time. It was, like, late in the evening. She's in the little park or whatever. And, dude, I, I, I bring it across this rock, being this pipe, this drainage pipe or whatever. And, uh, you know, somebody called me on the phone. Take my phone out there. I just hear this something blow up on blow up. Looking like, what the fuck is my tiny tongue? And then I reel it up. Oh, I'm like, oh, there's a fish at the end. Dude, when I get this <laughs> fish to the bank, my partner got it on his GoPro. This fish had the whole tiny tongue in his mouth, and his fish was no more than like, had to be like three pounds. And he had the whole thing in his mouth. I'm like, damn, this bitch really put the whole bait in his mouth. He slurped the whole bait in his mouth. And Damn. that was that was crazy to me because it was like if you open his mouth, he literally had like maybe a half, maybe like uh, three quarters of a three quarters of an inch of space in his mouth or whatever. And I'm like, this fish really put this whole bait down. I'm like, that's crazy. That's crazy, dude. And like I've brought it up before, is I honestly don't think a bass knows how big it is 
relative to how people have mirrors and shit and we have scales like if if it was primitive you know that you you couldn't fucking go eat a woolly mammoth whereas a bass i don't know if they know how big they are like if they see something that's enticing they're obviously going to eat it and i think that's why you see like so many of these fish on like lake Bacharach and like down south and stuff like these bass that that try to eat a fucking 16 inch tilapia and they're only a 20 inch fish and they fucking die they float up to the top I don't think those fish like fully understand what they're trying to take on relative to how fucking big they are. Right. And I, I wonder if that got something to do with the, the eye placement and how they actually see a fish, you know, because the eyes are on the side of the head. So, yeah. So I, I don't know, like, but it was that, that pretty much was like, they proved to prove me wrong, like big time to see this fish with this whole bait in his mouth. And, you know, but uh, yeah, it's uh, that's that's crazy. Them big ass fish like would put a bluegill like a a, a hand sized bluegill in their mouth and would just choke on it. Yeah, dude, bass are fucking crazy. I've had I've had some fish eat, and I mean, I had a twenty one inch fish eat the hinkle trout, which. Yeah, it was pretty fucking crazy. Like the hinkle trout's pretty fucking big, and yeah. I guess it's not crazy for a twenty-one inch fish to eat it. But like holding that fish, I'm like, oh my gosh! Like this thing is fucking massive, and and it's. I really wish there was a way for you to be able to like. Obviously, you can get like replica mounts and shit. But like, I've let some fish go, and I didn't get weights or anything on them. And I'm like, I that fish was absolutely massive. I wish I could just hold it one time. And just fucking remember how big it is. Like, if you when you when you get a fish measurement and like you go couple couple years or months later or whatever, and and you're looking through pictures and you go and grab a tape measure and you you mark it out and you're like, holy shit, that fish was fucking huge. And it's like you only have it in that moment, but like thinking back on it, you're like, oh my gosh, I cannot even fathom how fucking big that fish was. Dude, uh, yeah, I agree. Uh. I think uh my biggest fish this year was twenty two inches and I didn't get I didn't get a measurement on I mean, I didn't get a weight on, I just got the measurement. But I'm pretty sure when when I looked, it was girthy. It was real girthy, but uh that's my PBA in inches, but in weight my PBA number like six six this year. And that came off the DS of Gill Glide. His new gill glide that he just came out with. Yeah, dude i i need to I need to try some of his stuff. I had a guy reach out yesterday and uh, asked if I'd ever fished any of his stuff, and I said no. And uh, I fucking need to. That's for sure. There, there's so many fucking baits I need to buy and just just try out to see see what see what it's all about. And I I I don't know. There's just so much shit out there now, especially like in the next month or two like there's literally going to be so many fucking baits on the market it's going to be hard to to keep up with shit oh yeah especially with the gathering coming around a lot of people will want to get off some stuff so they can go to gathering to buy new stuff so it's definitely like between now and september the 21st or september the 20th like the market is going to be flooded with like all the baits that you want but uh dang i had someone want to talk to you about it right now too and i forgot <laughs> oh, I hate that. But oh, the hinkle trout, hinkle trout, yeah, yeah, I want one of them so bad. 
But I'm afraid I'm gonna look crazy as hell throwing that heater drop. <laughs> Dude, it's it's a sick bait. It uh I mean, obviously it requires some patience, but god damn, your shoulder gets fucking tired after a while. Like you can say you're gonna lob cast it, and then even after that, like it's a lot of fucking work. Huh. Dude, I I think I, I got Godfrey, I guess, the uh the thing for me on one of them because I, I watched that dude go out there in uh in Arizona and fish those creep I mean those uh those rock walls and just pull them all there with that hink. I'm like such a sick ass bait. But I only got one spot like that that's full of rock. But it would be nice to watch a fish come out of me. But uh not to jump around or whatever. That DS uh you should really get that DS eight inch shad a try. Lawrence, I don't know if you follow Lawrence on Instagram or Facebook. This dude named Lawrence Lee from Texas. Dude, he handles them on it. Like the 8 inch and the 10 inch, like he kills them. Yeah, dude, there's there's a lot of shit I want to try. If if I was living back up at home, I think I'd be buying a lot more baits, but down here, like the largemouth fishing is more or less next to nothing. It's more it's it's pretty much smallmouth. And there's that borderline like seven inch bait. That's that's a pretty damn big bait for a smallmouth. And so I just haven't really bought anything too crazy big. I mean I didn't I haven't bought any baits except for I haven't bought any baits in like the last two months and then the last two days uh I've spent a lot of money on baits and so like uh I don't know it's just it I, I definitely want to start buying more shit, especially when I get more used to this area and I start fishing lakes and, and I kind of understand what these fish are doing down here. But right now it's like, if I'm catching these smallmouth right now, like that's cool. I don't want to have to justify buying this stuff because if I don't catch any smallmouth on it and I don't know about the largemouth fishing around here, I'm more or less going to not give that bait uh, the chance it deserves. I'm going to fucking sell the thing. Right. Right. Never understood. Uh, but I had a lot over the couple of years of swim bait fishing. I have really found out the baits that work for me. Some of them are high baits, and some of them are not high baits. They are, you know, some of them overlook baits a lot. Majority of my stash is uh, majority of my stash is bullshit, bullshit products. Cause I mean, I don't care what you say, they just get bit. Like he got the market covered from you know from swimmers all the way down to dragging the bottom with the bottom. Uh, uh, Brack or whatever the name of it. But, uh, Jordan is bullshit. Some DS, uh, couple hype baits here and there. But they all, every last one of them got bit, so, I mean, you can call them hype baits. But, uh, yeah, when I first started swim baiting, like, around when you came in, dude, I was buying, like, every bait that dropped. Yeah, dude. And then I found out, you know, I was buying, like, eight inch. Five inches tall, and I'm like, well, I got fish on this pond before. They might have a bass that's willing to eat this here, and nevertheless, I'll never catch that bad that bass that's willing to eat that. And here I am, I spent $160 on a bait that I didn't use, and uh, lost it three days later trying to cast it out there. So, dude, like, I have learned, like, not to buy every bait you see, and it's okay to give certain baits a try if they don't work. That don't mean they, they don't work. Just because they ain't work for you don't mean they ain't work for somebody else. Yeah, that's, 
that's where I'm at with the baits or whatever. I don't really need them both, but I do want to get a uh, a Hinkle Trout and a DS ten inch shad. I think I'd be pretty set. Yeah, there's like I said, once once I figure out like the couple baits I need, dude, I'm completely content with life. Like I remember buying, I remember I talked about this yesterday with Gage. Like I remember spending a fuckload of money like my first month or two and buying all sorts of shit. And I fished a quarter of the shit I owned and I got rid of it. And like now I, I can truly say the baits I have are baits I fish, I can catch fish on, and I know work. Yeah, it's uh, swim baiting has definitely been good. I've definitely met a lot of people that uh, I want to travel to the gathering and see, but I don't know. It's just I got so much stuff going on. Here. I'm trying to find a new job and I got to save vacation for interviews and stuff. I don't know. Swim baiting is fun though, for the most part. Oh yeah, dude, it's a it's a blast. That's for sure. But well. Yeah. Now you got so, anything uh, else you want to man? Oh, oh yeah, go uh, ahead. what area? What area are you in? Because I thought you was in Michigan or somewhere. So so yeah, so um when I lived up with Gangsta Daddy up at up at home. I was uh I was right on Lake Michigan. And so like I had um all these pier heads and shit I could fish. It was kind of like saltwater fishing where there was jetties, like big rock, rock jetties and shit. And so there was a lot of large mouth and a lot of small mouth through there. There was trout, there was alewives. There was a whole bunch of fucking shit that, that was forged for the bass and just, they could just get, fucking eat all the time. And, uh, and these fish could swim from Lake to Lake Michigan. And so like, they were just, they were using this pier as a highway more or less. And so I had fished that since I started in like 2018 and then fast forward to last june or last july i move in like to the middle of the state so like i'm about an hour and 30 ish minutes from lake michigan so i don't fucking even i don't even dare go out there because i don't know what the fishing's like it's real hit or miss either way and so the only really lakes around here are like farm lakes and they're i don't even think there's fish in a lot of them because they're just uh reservoir lakes for for the irrigation and so down here, the name of the game is River Smallmouth. That's like pretty much all there is. It's River Smallmouth, Pike, and the River, and then Largemouth, obviously. But I haven't really seen too many big Largemouth through here. So it's kind of an area where where you take what you can get, smallmouth fishing. And when you do, like when I do go up home, I I try to fish the piers as much as I can. But like I'm going home this weekend, and the so Lake Michigan just flips. So that's like when when fall is kind of on its way, literally the the water on the bottom of Lake Michigan will go up to the top and the top water will go to the bottom. So so uh, where those bass are sitting right now, the water's probably only 50 degrees relative mm-hmm. to, to the 70 degrees it was. Like literally Lake Michigan flipped and dropped 20 degrees over Thursday to Friday night last week. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, and so uh, on top of getting cold rain and everything, that's what pushes all the Lake Michigan salmon into the rivers and stuff to go spawn. And that's like more or less the the start of the fall fishing season. And uh, the fishing up there doesn't really shut off uh, like at this time, but 
it definitely takes those fish like a week or two to understand what the fuck just happened like fucking reality reality sets in like holy shit it's fucking winter almost again and so i mean i'm gonna go up there this weekend i'll probably bring a rod and my taxi trout and just see if i can even see any fish because last time i was up there uh, every couple years there's an alewife kill off which alewife is like kind of like a shad shad style fish it's a little bit smaller and that's primarily these these uh these bait fish are planted in for these for these salmon to eat so the salmon population is really big and healthy every year and every couple of years um it's kind of like cicadas all these fucking alewives just die off and you just have huge plumes of dead dead alewives you have huge fucking schools of alewives dying off and it's literally like like huge ass chandelier umbrella rigs of of uh of alewives swimming around giving off flashes and shit and at that point in time, it's you can't you can't trick a bass into eating a fucking swim bait because it can swim through a school of alewives and eat thirty alewives with the same amount of of time and energy it would take to to eat a ten inch trout. And uh, it's just a really shitty year whenever it does it. This was the first year I can remember of it happening while I was swim bait fishing, and I'm just fucking glad I didn't live up there because. Uh, it happened for like three months this year. And if that would have happened, dude, I probably would not have fished very much this year up there because it was so sh fucking hard to catch a fish. Like usually it'll take like uh, 10 or 11 ish pounds to win a Wednesday tournament up on my home lake. And that's only three fish because they do some fucking wonky ass tournament setup. And literally I looked the other day and three fish for five pounds won those the one the Wednesday nighter because those fish were so fucked up. Boy, that's on like a Louisiana tournament. I mean, a South Louisiana tournament. I, uh, yeah, I think one. I think the lowest I've seen down here, and it was recently, maybe like a year or two ago, was like uh, I think three and a half pounds won the Wednesday night tournament, and I'm like, boy, that's fucking pathetic. But uh, yeah, and then oh, and why it's been, oh, it's been oh, super yeah. fucking hot here this year too, and like no rain. So, so the lake, like on the other end of Lake Michigan, like the inland part of the lake, the water's literally fucking like boiling this year. It was like 87 or something. And these fish just don't know what the fuck to do when the water's that hot. Like they literally shut down in and more or less like have a summer hibernation. Dude, you know, and, and that, that brings it back to summer. You know, during the summertime, like last year before I got out in the water and anything like that. I didn't think that these big bass would eat a big swim bait. Well, well, medium size, whatever you want to call it, size bass would eat a big swim bait. Dude, I tell you when I got out there on the water, you fuck. These fish metabolism are strong and running, especially in the south. They will still eat one if you can find one. They're gonna eat it. They're just not gonna come out. Of, they're just not gonna chase it as far, but they will eat it. And I might be wrong right there because I've seen a couple fish. Uh, the way my GoPro mounted, like, it's mounted on the back of my little rig, but if I had a chest mount, dude, I had, just recently, I had one follow the rat all the way to the boat. Idiot, looking off, and I snatched the bait up, you know, for to make another cast, I looked down, big-ass oil, like, because the fish just chased the rat in, and if stop, he would have ate it. And, uh, but, yeah, that, that whole, like, it being too hot, like, I had that in my head for the longest day. In the south, that these fish would not eat a big bait, and here I am fishing in the south in the wintertime. It's 
30 fucking 40 degrees outside. And I catch a bass on a crank down, sitting upside the bank in like two foot, two and a half foot of water, two foot of water. And he eating. And I'm like, dude, it's so cold out here. Like, I wouldn't be eating shit like that. I wouldn't be, you know, I'd be somewhat trying to stay warm. And these fish are eating. So we had the concept all along. And I'm listening to people clearly stayed in the north who had a whole different fishery, you know. And it, it was just like a lot of online advice that I shouldn't have been following. But at the one time, I do like to go to marsh for one reason, redfish. In the wintertime, the redfish move up real shallow. Dude, last year, I lost my PB red on uh, me and Mike Herman, the guy make don't get bait, swim baits or whatever. Yep. He, yeah. So he hit me up one day. He was like, hey, what are you doing tomorrow? Like, I said, I ain't doing nothing. I ain't working overtime. I'm just chilling. They're like, you want to come out with me for some R&D? Like, cool. Yeah, I'll come. So, dude, we fishing. I already, I, I know what the redfish, the redfish like to hold on to the cattails and stuff like that. In the wintertime, or when it's got a lot of chop on the water, you know, or when the water dirty or whatever, they'll hold on to the cattails. So, that's what I'm fishing for. He's fishing for trout. Trout only going to hang out in that open water. They hang out in the schools or whatever, the open water. So, he was like, what you, I said, I'm throwing that, I see them pull a redfish or a bass. Dude, I must have hooked like two reds. I hooked the knife one that had to be like uh eight pounds, and then I hooked it to a giant using one of his baits or whatever. And dude, when we seen that fish, like his dorsal fin, I'm not gonna bullshit you. I want to say his dorsal fin was every bit like eighteen inches long, and we seen oh, the back yeah. of him. And Mike looked at me, dude. He bent the hooks out. We using uh. What he use? He like to use them stainless steel uh, VMC hooks. They super sharp, but they look like they saltwater grade hooks because they have to be saltwater grade because we fish in brackish water. So yeah, dude, he, he this redfish bend the hooks out. I'm talking about dude. I fought him when I made the cast. He hit it like a speck. He hit it like almost like you ever you ever got bit by a crappie? You know, a crappie eat like they just you know they just yeah. you know barely biting. So he bit it like that. I'm like, oh, he's swimming towards me. So, you know, I ran up the slack. And when he get to the boat, he just goes under the boat and do that rod. That I was using the, I was using the finesse rod. That was, Mike was so impressed with the finesse rod, the Leviathan finesse rod, rod he went bought one. Dude, that rod loaded up. And I'm talking about it made a horseshoe under the boat. And by the time I got this fish to finally come to the surface, we seen a dorsal fin. And... The bait came flying back at me. Mike turned around and looked at me. He said, that was a Tina. I said, man, don't tell me that. He said, dude, <laughs> that was a Tina redfish. Dude, I, I, dude, I got so disgusted. I was like, man, let's just go home. <laughs> and, and, and for some reason, I know why I didn't bring my girlfriend. It was windy. We just had a storm. It was windy. Yeah, uh, it was foggy, and it still had like a little uh, some rain droplets in there. So I didn't bring it that day, and I had a hoodie on. Dude, if you would have seen the back of this redfish when he came about the when he just rose to the surface, you'd been like, "Dude, that's like fucking well." <laughs> and dude, he bit. I'm like, man, I think that was like the I think that was like the best like 
uh, losing fish store I ever had. Like that one never like got to be the best one. I just I got the at least I got to see him. You know, I got to see the back of him. I ain't seen the whole fish, but I got to see the back of him. So that was pretty. Right. Well, since we're on the topic about losing fish stories, uh, I think I probably lost. Uh, it was probably about a seven pound fish. Um, we were fishing early, early spring, like probably end of May, beginning or end of April, beginning of May, January, March, April, May. Yeah, right around there. And we're fishing these uh, these cattails. It's cattails, and it drops off a little bit. And we're fishing with jerk baits. And I'm like, fuck this jerk bait. Like I'm gonna start fishing the taxi trout. And uh, we're probably about 40 yards off the bank and I'm standing up on the on the back deck and I look and I just see like this black blob sitting right on the edge of the uh, the cattails. I'm like, huh, fucking whip a cast in there and uh, start start working the tax trout. I work tax trout super erratic. And dude, I just see this blob turn around I'm like, oh, shit, like that's a that's a fish. And then I'm working and I'm working and I'm working it. And she's just she like just fucking getting a little bit closer, a little bit closer. And, uh, I, I kid you not, the bait gets about three feet from, from the boat and it starts to nose up a little bit, obviously, because it's at the edge of the cast. That fish comes up and eats that taxi trout and, uh, dude, it shoots right underneath the boat and I'm fishing a 13 to five. Cause that was the only rod I had at the time. Super fucking stiff rod on 65 pound braid with a Revo Toro drag down all the way. And that fucking fish is pulling out line still. And uh, she comes up on the other side of the boat, jumps once, dances on top of the water, fucking bait's gone, fish is gone. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, that was literally the most perfect fucking storm for that to happen. Like, if I'd have had a different rod, I may have landed that fish. If I'd have had a little bit line that had some give to it, I, I may have landed that fish. If I had my drag turned down, I most definitely probably would have landed that fish and I, if it would have ate like at the beginning of the cast i could have grinded that fish in like that fish fucked me over so many times in like that matter of of six seconds dude and uh my buddy he was he always thought i was crazy for fishing fishing the swim baits even after we won some tournaments uh with my kicker fish he watched it all happen and he just stood there and i was like i don't even i like in my head i was like i don't even want to know how big that fish was and like we're casting like three casts later, he's like, dude, that fish was fucking huge. I'm like, yeah, Brendan, I fucking know, dude. Like, I, I don't know what to tell you. Like, there was nothing I could have fucking done. Like, that fish whooped my ass seven different ways and four different ways on Sunday. Like, there was fucking nothing I could have done to that fish. And I think that was honestly the biggest fish I've ever hooked before. Dude, ain't nothing like the Heartbreak Hotel, huh? Yeah, it, it, it fucking just... sucks, man. It just takes all the fight out. You're like, all right, let's load up and go home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Ain't nothing else to see here. Yeah, she she probably won't yeah. be eating any more taxi trouts anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, she still got that earring. A lip yeah, ring, I mean. Fuck. Yep. But, yeah, man, is, is there anything else you want to talk about tonight, or are we kind of good to wrap it up for the night? I'm going to wrap it up because I got to be up early in the morning. I think I'm going to leave here about 3, 3 o'clock. Probably get oh, to my shit. mom and dad. Yeah. I, I like to leave about 3.30 so I can uh, get to my mom and dad's house so I can, you know, put my GoPro and all that stuff on that day and, you know, launch my little boat and get out there and
dude, right now it's fucking hot. Like you got to ten o'clock. That's it. If you ain't yeah. talking about ten o'clock, you can go ahead. You you might want to hang it up. I think uh, I cut in the backyard today, and dude, it was like nine thirty with no breeze. It was like a hundred and one. And this shit It's just a matter of me not getting dehydrated and getting a headache. Finding out yeah. exactly how they want it. I got from from David to ten o'clock. I know that's a show. Damn, but already Carlton, uh, pl- plug your Instagram, uh, say it, and then I'll make sure I, I type it in the description for anybody who doesn't already follow you. They can press on it, and they'll they'll get taken right to your page. So they can give you a follow. Now hold on, plug my Instagram. You know I ain't text wabby like that. I'm I'm thirty five years old. How you do that? <laughs> what what's the name? What's the name of your Instagram? Oh, all right, all right yeah, yeah. So. Rippin, R-I-P-P-I-N, underscore, lips, L-I-P-P-S, underscore, do, D-O-E, at it on Instagram. What about, uh, do you have a YouTube? Yeah, I do. It's a, it's the same thing as, uh, same thing? as my Instagram. Yep, Roger that. Alrighty. Sick. I'll, uh, I'll put that in the description so, so everybody can follow you. Um. I want to thank Carlton for coming on. We've kind of been planning this more or less for, for a couple of weeks now, and we fucking finally finally got to do it. So I appreciate yeah. you coming on and spitting some knowledge, Carlton. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. Like, even though it, it's, it's not as good as uh, as Bo, because I think Bo been at it like a, a long time in the South. Like, because at one time, Bo did stay in Louisiana, so he, he knows a lot more swim based fishing than me, but. I did, you know, give you the little shit that I did learn over the time of the course of me doing it. So hopefully that'll help somebody. Yeah, for sure. I think uh I think some guys will get some some good info out of this. But uh yeah, I wanna all right, well make sure if you guys don't follow the uh the, the podcast Instagram already, you guys you guys do that. It's scales and tails underscore podcast. So make sure you guys give that a follow if you don't already on Instagram. Also Make sure if you guys haven't already to uh, to give give the podcast a five star rating on your listening platform or rate it truly. I don't care as long as long as you like the show. But if you have any uh, have any ideas for me to do it a little bit better, please let me know. And I appreciate all the feedback I get. It means a lot. But like I said, I want to thank Carlton for coming on tonight, and I want to thank you guys for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode, and uh, I hope you guys have a good day. Thanks, everybody.